All right, and we are back with your weeknight start sets part two. This is the AFC Home Games. I am Sam Stompy Lane. You heard me on part one with John McGlynn. I am now here with Brian Har at Brian Har FF. How's it going today, Brian? Good, man. Glad to be here. Excited about doing these start sets. Me too, though there are some really bad games here that yeah. I don't, ugh, whatever. Um, how'd your week eight go, Brian? Um, I, I was very, very busy uh, dealing with some family stuff this, this week. So I, I wasn't as in tune to my teams as I normally am, um, during the weekend, but, um, Looking back, I, I finally got a chance, kind of this morning, to look back and see. And I didn't do too bad. I was, I was uh, right around five hundred. Not great, but it could have been worse. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well in several leagues that I really, really care about. So that's that's good. Um, and and then in in other ones, I'm I'm starting to shift a little bit into the. <laughs> I'm probably not going to contend. So you know, shift in the, the mindset there. Yeah, this is definitely where you, I mean, you could have been doing it earlier, but this is definitely where you need to make the decision whether you're in or out. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, I'm going to sell because I'm not a contender. Maybe you just ran into injuries and it's one of those things where it's like you sell some of those older assets for younger players. But yeah, this is, you definitely need to start making decisions about your teams now. All right, before we get started here, we, I want to introduce uh, our listeners to another DLF podcast, Destination Devi. The Destination Devi podcast is a f- dynasty fantasy football podcast with your host, Ray Garvin. F- with, your, uh, I should, with your host, Ray Garvin. That's how the uh, copy reads. I'm an idiot. Uh, focusing on college football prospects and Devi dynasty leagues, Ray provides a quick-hitting statistical and film analysis on how the college Devi players might translate to future fantasy football success for your dynasty fantasy football teams. And trust me, he is one of the better minds in terms of college and Devi out there. Like kind of one of my go-tos. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I dabble a little bit in college and Debbie, but this dude get, goes in deep. He just had a podcast with Jesse Reeves and it was fantastic and definitely need to be following Ray. Um, and I believe it's at Ray GQE. If I'm not mistaken, uh, let me look that up real quick so we could give him the, uh, yes, uh, sorry, Ray GQ. You it's Ray GQ, but Q is Q U E. So follow him on Twitter. Um, fantastic knowledge, especially in the Debbie realm. So de- definitely subscribe to that podcast to get all of your Debbie needs. Uh, also, before we start, we, we absolutely need to know about the injuries uh, for our players and to make our start set decisions. So I'm going to send it over to John and Ethan here for a little bit. Let Ethan go over those injuries so we can make those decisions. Uh, so take it away, John. John Hogue at Superflex Dude back here with Dr. Ethan Turner. E Turner FF underscore PT. Make sure you're following him uh, to keep up with all of the, the injury updates uh, going into week nine. But right now we're going to talk about a few that we do know about. It, it, we've got a, a pretty good idea. So a couple new ones uh, to talk about, Ethan. First of all, Joe Flacco. Disc herniation, diarrhea of the mouth, 
one of the two is keeping him out for a month, month and a half, roughly. Uh, what? How? How long do you expect him to to actually miss? This is tricky because uh, obviously not a lot coming out, but now he's seen three separate specialists on this. He's seen the team doc. He's gotten two other opinions. Um, best case scenario, we're looking at between four and six weeks with Flacco. Worst case is we don't see him again for the fantasy season. Um, I say worst case as in worst case for his recovery, not necessarily worst case for fantasy because it's not like Joe Flacco was really giving you a whole lot. Um, Brandon Allen is expected to start in his place this week, but I still think uh, Drew Locke is the guy that is going to end up finishing the year for them as the starter. I think they're going to have to. You, you kind of force their hand at this point. They have to decide uh, if they need to get another quarterback heading into the draft next season um, or if Drew Locke maybe shows a little bit, bit of potential to end the season out here, maybe roll with him for a year. Um, again, kind of a, a, a tricky situation here with, with Locke coming off his own injury with the thumb. So hopefully we can see him soon. But as far as Flacco goes, I mean, I, I really don't think we're going to get him back for any kind of fantasy-relevant uh, weeks to, to end the season here. Uh, for an offense already kind of uh, running out of running out of uh, horses, um, pardon the pun, uh, the Broncos already lost Emmanuel Sanders uh, before the trade deadline, and now they lose Joe Flacco. And now on top of all that, backup running back Royce Freeman uh, goes into this week as questionable. Do you think he's going to make it? You know, this one, this one is tough because he – was dealing with a shoulder injury earlier in the year. And I, I don't know for sure if the two are related. Uh, I don't know if that injury, I think it was in week three that he kind of left for a little while with a shoulder injury. Um, now, obviously it's creep, it's, it's crept back up on him again. Um, all the reports are, it's not too serious, um, but he's probably going to miss some practice. And, uh, again, the, the vagueness of this is what has me most concerned, uh, to be honest. There's not a whole lot uh, to, to go off of. You know, they have a good running back in Philip Lindsay as well that could could see, you know, a full workload if they decide to limit Royce Freeman in any way, shape, or form. So it's just one you got to kind of watch. Um, I, I'm, I'm not personally uh, in love with the matchup either way, but I think that I think that Freeman, if he plays, uh, has some flex appeal at the best. How about D.D. Westbrook? He went out fairly early uh, last week, um, I believe. I, I I didn't actually watch that game. Come to think of it, but yes, very uh, quickly. <laughs> yeah, it felt it felt like he uh, he was barely involved um, before he went out, and Chris Conley ended up being the. Uh, benefiting from his absence, but does D.D. Westbrook make it back this week? So Westbrook's been dealing with a few separate things. The sh- he came into this week with a shoulder injury, and that's why I'm not super surprised that he uh, he, he left pretty quickly in that game. But uh, there have been some reports that it's not just his shoulder. It might be his neck as well. So that's always a little concerning. The neck, obviously a very big deal if something's going on up there. Um, as we know with Joe Flacco, uh, we don't, we don't mess around with necks. Um, 
you know, I think he, I think Westbrook is just kind of banged up. It's one of those things where he just, uh, the season is wearing on him a little bit. And I think he's going to need a breather to recover. The team does have a week 10 bye, So I think it would be probably pretty wise of them to sit Westbrook for this week, give him a second week off, um, give him two weeks off. And then uh, maybe he comes back in week 11 uh, feeling a lot better than what he did. And, you know, this is just seems like a cumulative issue that just needs some time to heal. It's it's a little surprising that we don't have more of these situations by week nine in the NFL season, but uh, I'm sure we do. It just hasn't come out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe there will be some uh, some scratches on on game day, and again, that's why you follow Ethan at uh, E Turner FF underscore PT uh, to keep up with all of the the latest on the injury uh, on the injury front, um, just so that uh, you can get those those last minute injuries uh, if if there are some scratches because uh it does it makes a ton of sense to uh you know to take a take a week off it ends up being a two-week little respite to to get healthy for the final push uh james connor um not somebody who has a buy coming up anytime soon um and uh coming out of the buy in fact uh, suffers another injury. Um, he's been just kind of getting these like little nagging injuries throughout the course of the season, mostly playing through it for the most part. But um, is this one that's going to keep him down? So he's dealing with an AC joint sprain, which is just your acromioclavicular joint. So it's just the joint where your clavicle meets your acromion, which is the top of your, the point of your shoulder blade. Um, and so there's a, a little joint right there. And uh, basically, there are ligaments that hold those those two bones together, um, and the, the ligaments are sprained. So uh, this kind of happened pretty late in the fourth quarter of Monday's game. Uh, Connor hasn't actually practiced yet this week, which is uh, not ideal when you're talking about turning right around and playing on Sunday from Monday to Sunday. You only get six days, so um, he's trending towards missing Sunday's game, and I expect him actually to miss Sunday's game. Uh, Jalen Samuels becomes a really intriguing option. Uh, remember last season when Connor was kind of banged up again? Um, you mentioned that this has been a trend now for two years, actually, where Connor has uh, been nicked up here and there. And then as the season progresses, he just get, gets progressively worse. You know, you hate to see something like that, but it is starting to become a little bit of a trend with him. Um, but, but when he missed last season, uh, Jalen Samuels looked really good, <laughs> and he he definitely uh, won some people some leagues there. Uh, you could argue that just because he had a tight end designation in Yahoo, that probably won some people in uh, uh, quite a few leagues. A uh, little bit of a cheat code there. Hopefully he doesn't still have that in your leagues that you play in, but I do think Jalen Samuels, if, he's, if he is healthy, and it sounds like he is healthy, coming off of his own surgery on his knees, so... I think that um, I think Samuels is going to get a lot of work, and I think he's going to be a pretty high upside uh, RB two, possibly creeping into RB one territory on volume alone. That's all of the newer injuries. Uh, just a couple quick updates, real quick. Hollywood Brown coming off of the bye, uh, I, it, he missed uh, week seven, correct? I did, did he end up going? I I don't remember. I don't think but. he is. I think he's coming off an injury, so I think he is has been missing time. Give me one. That's give me one second. But I don't believe he played before the bye. 
Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, I, I do not believe he played before the bye. I think he's been kind of banged up for a good chunk of this year after the first few games. Um, yeah, that sounds that sounds right to me. So it sounds like he hasn't looks like he hasn't played since week five. So, oh, uh, wow, yeah, okay. he's he's missed quite a bit of time. That's that's what I thought, but I couldn't remember the exact week. So my apologies. I should have looked that up before we started. Um, but yeah, he's been dealing with a pretty significant ankle sprain. Um, it sounds like though that he is on track to return this week. Um, he is in. He's practicing in a limited fashion. He is going to get up against the Patriots, not the best lineup to come right back up into. Um, but he is expected to return. So um, all signs are pointing towards him returning. Uh, Adam, at least he. Is, is trending in the right direction as of a Thursday night. So another guy who has been out since actually week four um, came out of a, a, a after putting up monster numbers uh, in that Thursday night game against the Eagles, Devontae Adams uh, came out with turf toe and has been out ever since. Do we get him back finally? Aaron Rodgers has been on fire without him, but uh, I mean, you still got to think that it's, it's a massive upgrade to get him back. When do we get him back? Uh, it sounds like he's going to return this week. He has been practicing in pads, which is always a good sign. It's kind of the last thing you, you're you looking for as far as uh, him practicing. They still list him as limited, which means he just can't get in a, what they would consider a full practice. Um, so there's still some things that they're not letting him do from a recovery standpoint. Uh, again, it's, it's a good sign that he returns. Um, maybe not so much if you like Aaron Rodgers, because uh, the stats floating around right now that just the difference between Rodgers with with Devontae and with Adam, despite him being the best wide receiver on the team, it's pretty stark how much better Rodgers looks. I think he has to spread the ball around a little bit more. Maybe he's a little bit more efficient. Um, so we'll see if he can keep that up when Adams returns again. With the turf toe, you're worried for Adams when he first comes back. Um, that he re-injures this toe. That's that's our biggest concern right now. So hopefully he can come back and stay healthy this week. There you go. Ending the injury report on a happy note uh, with the possible return of Devontae Adams. Thanks as always for your time, Doc. We're going to throw it back to the guys for the start sits. But again, follow Ethan at eTurnerFF underscore PT. And uh, he, uh, he tweets out all of the all of the updates uh, going into the NFL weekend. So uh, stay on top of the injuries and uh, we'll be back next week with some more of them. All right, guys. Thanks, John. Thank Thanks, Ethan. You need to be following Ethan for basically anything fantasy football, but especially for those injury breakdowns. He does such a fantastic job. One of the best in the community. One of the go-tos uh, should be one of the go-tos for any injury analysis. You can follow Ethan again at eTurnerFF underscore PT. Again, fantastic uh, injury analysis, but just fantastic overall fantasy football analysis. And he does a lot of stuff for like incoming college guys too. So he's another good Debbie source for those uh, injured college guys coming uh, into the league as well. All right. So you guys know the drill by now we're in week nine uh, green lights start with confidence. Yellow lights start, but temper expectations, red lights. You want to try and bench them if you can. So we'll start here with our AFC West home games. Start with Brian with the Texans at the Jaguars. Yeah. So for this one, uh, for my green lights, I have Deshaun Watson 
DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, those two you're playing every week. Um, on the Jags side there with the green lights, I have uh, Garner Minshew playing um, for sure. I think this is a really good matchup for him. And I, I think this game is likely to be a shootout. So um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of points in, in this one. Um, and then DJ Chark and Leonard Fournette are also green lights for me. Um, under the yellow lights, I have Carlos Hyde. Um, I, I'm not loving him in this matchup, but if you need to start him, I, you can probably start him. He's just, he's, I wouldn't expect a whole lot from him um, in this one. Kenny Stills is also a guy that might, uh, especially if this game kind of is a higher scoring game, might get involved. You know, he had the big week two weeks ago, and then this past week, I think he had 22 yards receiving. So it's, it's kind of crazy um, how inconsistent he is, but you know, so so there's there's some risk there, obviously, but uh, this could be a game that that he ends up being a part of. Um, and then um, I have Fells at tight end. Also, I, I think he is he's startable. Um, not the best matchup. Stomp. We were talking about that a little bit earlier um, bef before we came on, but um, I, I still think he's startable uh, if you need you know a flyer at tight end. And then the other one is D.D. Westbrook, and I would really like him in this game if he wasn't kind of banged up. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure what we're going to get out of him in this game um, because of of the injuries that he's dealing with. So um, those those are my green and yellow lights. I don't have anybody that you can't necessarily start in this one. Uh, just those are the guys that I think that I feel most confident about at least at least giving you some production. How do you feel about Chris Conley this week? I mean, we've seen him have some monster games. Uh, last week, he had 103 yards and a touchdown. The previous week, he had 83 yards. He definitely has been hit and miss this season, but if especially if Didi's out and against a poor uh, Texans secondary who have given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season, do you think Conley's a yellow light this week? Yeah, he probably is. That's that's probably a a, a good oversight by me, or, or a bad oversight by me, and a good catch by you. I, I think Conley's a guy that could step in there um, if if Didi's kind of, um, you know, not himself, uh, and and Conley can you know step in and pick up some of that production. Like you said, he's had a few big games, um, just kind of inconsistent. So you're not exactly sure what you're going to get. Um, but yeah, he's probably a yellow light as well in this one. I, I think this is going to be a – I personally think it will be a relatively high-scoring game. I know the last game they played, it was 13-12, to 12 and Watson didn't have a good game. But, I mean, it's it's a good offense in Houston. And Jacksonville, I I, I guess I don't know what, what's going to happen now with Jalen Ramsey. Gone. So it could be high-scoring. If it is high-scoring, Jacksonville wide receivers, pass catchers, I mean, really Shark, DD and – Conley are all pretty startable this week. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely feel the same way. Um, again, with Didi, it's just the injury stuff that mm -hmm. he's dealing with. I know he, he's been limited most of the week um, in, in practice. I think it's a shoulder that he's dealing with. Shoulder, so. neck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it just, uh, and, and, you know, it, it, it just scares me kind of expecting a whole lot, I guess. And, and, I mean the the bad part is I I hope I hope that the Jags make a decision about him kind of 
early so you have an opportunity to replace him with Chris Conley because like you said I think there's opportunity there for one of those two guys to probably put up some numbers in this game if it's a high scoring affair um you just don't know which guy it's going to be if if they're both on the field it's kind of like you know but I I would probably play DD if he's going to go um but you know we'll see what happens with that all right, moving on. Uh, we have the ugh, the Jets at the Dolphins. What a game. <sighs> we have some definitely some barn burners this week. Um, I believe that we have a Bills-Washington football club game this week. That's going to be gross too. Uh, but Jets at Dolphins, uh, green lights, left bell, even after the, the trade rumor fiasco the last couple of days. We'll see how that ends up going, but I mean, Lev Bell is a bell cow back, and he's going against the Miami Dolphins, who have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs this season, so he's a must-start. Darnold is a must-start as well. Uh, Greenlight, the uh, Dolphins have given up the fourth most fantasy points to QBs on the season. Um, and, I mean, they, they've had effectively one week where they gave up less than 20 fantasy points to um, – two quarterbacks. So Donald's a good start this week. He may not get like a monster ceiling. Um, the, the dolphins haven't allowed more than 30. They've only allowed one quarterback, more than 30 fantasy points. I mean, that was week one to Lamar Jackson. So you can probably expect a 20 plus point fantasy game to Donald, which extremely startable, uh, extremely solid floor. Um, yellow lights, uh, Robbie Anderson, Demarius Thomas, Jamison Crowder, pick your poison here. Uh, I don't really know who is the wide receiver one anymore. Um, Demaryius Thomas has been getting a lot of or a, a significant amount of targets the last couple of weeks. He seems healthy. Uh, he's had five. Tar- he had five targets last week. He had nine targets the previous week. Um, he also had another nine target week in week five. He seems to be the wide receiver one for all intents and purposes for the Dolphins. Now, what does that mean? Not a whole lot because his maximum um, production was 63 yards on the on those five targets last week. So he's a yellow light because I don't love his ceiling. Um, and they and I think Donald spreads the ball out too much for the for any one of these wide receivers to have a huge ceiling. Obviously, Robbie Anderson can have a big ceiling because he is a big play guy. Um, and I'm hoping he breaks out this week. Uh, but I just I don't know with these three wide receivers, so that's why they're all yellow lights because it's kind of one of those I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and they may not need to throw all that much if they go up big. So you, you just never know. Um, Mark Walton is also a yellow light this week. Um, the the Jets have struggled against running backs this season, um, and, and he might be borderline green light, Mark Walton, because he's gotten a lot of usage since uh, or over the last uh, couple weeks, including last week after uh, Kenyon Drake was traded. Um but he's had double-digit carries in the last two weeks. He had six targets last week, so he didn't produce a ton, but Pittsburgh has a good run defense. The Jets, like I said, do not. They allowed 20.6 fantasy points to Leonard Fournette last week. They allowed a combination of 22.4 and 12.9 fantasy points to Sonny Michelle and James White the week before that, 26.3 to Ezekiel Elliott. Um, So they've struggled of late and just throughout the season. So Mark Walton's a yellow light because, again, don't think his ceiling's super high, but he he will get enough volume that he could 
be a good flex option this week. Um, Devontae Parker's a good option as well. I mean, he... I would call him the wide receiver one. What is it after five years now? Is this his fifth season? <laughs> He's finally the wide uh, kind of the wide receiver we thought he would be. Um, but yeah, I I mean with with Fitzpatrick, he's been pretty good this season. I mean, last week he had 59 yards. The week before he had 55. He had he's had 18 targets over the last two weeks. Um, and then the first three weeks he had seven, seven, and six targets, and then you had the Josh Rosen quote unquote era. Uh, for Miami that he didn't do so well. So he's a yellow light as well. Not a big ceiling, but a relatively high floor. Uh, Preston Williams is in the same boat. Uh, Preston Williams has actually been relatively decent this season. And much like, I mean, but he's been more, I guess, uh, consistent this season. Uh, His lowest target total was five in week one. He's had six or more in every week since. Um, he, He hasn't had a touchdown since then, but he gets... 30 plus yards every week. And while that's not great, he's still at least productive. Last week he had 42 yards on four catches, 82 for six or six for 82 the previous week. So again, not high ceilings here, but in bye weeks, these are decent floors and decent flex plays. And then uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. Um, Since coming back, he's been uh, pretty decent, I suppose. Um, he had 190 yards and two touchdowns last week. He also had two interceptions, unfortunately. Um, the previous week, he had 282 yards and a touchdown. So as a QB2 against a Jets team that, frankly, that defense has not been good, um, he's he's a, I guess, a decent QB2. So I, I'm pretty okay with that, uh, with starting him as a QB2 this week. Um and then the red lights for me, uh, Ryan Griffin and Herndon. First and foremost, if Herndon's going to play, I don't know if he's playing this week. Uh, we'll refer back to Ethan on that one. But if, if Herndon's going to play this week, that's one thing. But the Dolphins, especially of late, have been very good against tight ends. They've given up the fifth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. In fact, they haven't given up a do- double-digit fantasy day since week one. Um, and they haven't given up a touchdown to a tight end since week one. So not really a good tight end matchup for – uh, against the Dolphins. Uh, Mike Gusecki, uh like the uh, Dolphins, the Jets have been okay against tight or have been good against tight ends. Um, they've allowed a couple double-digit fantasy games but have basically shut uh, tight ends down. And Mike Gusecki is just not overly involved in this offense as of yet. Now, uh, this, I think, gives you a huge buy window for Mike Gusecki, especially because he is a um, – He's a second-year tight end, and we normally don't see tight ends break out until year three or later, and really not until their second contract. He's been a little bit more involved, but he's just – I think a lot of people are down on him, so he's hes in a good buy window right now. And this one hurts me, but Albert Wilson is a red light. Albert Wilson has scripted plays – has started the game with scripted plays for him in, in the, each of the last three weeks, but he has – I mean, yeah, in, in week six, he had six targets, but the previous, in the last two weeks, he's only had two targets, one of which he had a touchdown. I don't know what they're doing there. He's one of their most explosive playmakers. They need to get him involved more, but he just hasn't been involved. So he, he's going to be a red light this week until he actually does get involved. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of good ones there. I, I, um, 
I'm I'm interested to see how Gasecki's career is going. I mean, obviously the Penn State guy, right? So I'm I'm interested in that and his career arc. I mean, he's an outstanding athlete. Um, the one thing that he did not do here is block. He didn't block. So you know his his involvement or lack of involvement in that offense could be related to his his lack of blocking ability um hopefully that's something that they're really spending a lot of time working on now for fantasy purposes we don't care except that if he can't block he's not going to stay on the field because this is the national football league so um hopefully that's improving and and hopefully over time here he'll get more involved because he is an outstanding athlete and he makes some big catches um some ridiculous catches so uh, we'll see what happens with that but yeah this game overall i'm i'm you know, I think you did a pretty good job breaking this down as far as the start sit stuff. Uh, this is going to be one that if if I'm flipping through channels, it's just going to keep going. <laughs> I'm not really interested in the game overall. No, this and and really this has the only implications this has is if the Dolphins get the number one pick. And let's right. be real, the Dolphins have looked decent the last two weeks. I mean, your your Steelers yep. first half of that game was pretty gross. Yep, they don't give up that touchdown at the end of the half to Johnson, and that might be a different ball game. So yeah, I mean it'll it'll be a, that's the only thing that's interesting about this game because neither team is going anywhere. Right. All right, on to the Colts at Steelers. Yeah, uh, so I have this one. Uh, so green lights, I have T.Y. Hilton. I, I think you're pretty much starting him every week. Um, Jacoby Brissett and Mason Rudolph, both of the quarterbacks in this game, I think in super flex leagues, these are both guys that you're probably starting. Um, I don't know that you feel great about either one, but I think if they're rostered on your, you know, if you have them on your roster, you're probably playing them. Um, and And really this game, I mean, this game, I feel like, has the potential to be kind of a higher-scoring game, too. Um, not in a pretty manner, but I, I just I just have a... a, a that's a gut feeling that this game's going to be uh, a high-scoring game. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, Hilton especially, I think, is going to probably have a couple big plays. Um, and then on... And then Juju, I'm, I'm starting Juju um, definitely here this week again um he had a big week last week against miami and i think that continues um they're they're during the bye they really emphasize getting juju the ball um and and he's responded uh and mason rudolph has has come through on that on in targeting him so um those are my green lights in this one the yellow lights i have marlon mack marlon mack's gonna get volume so he this just comes down to the Steelers' run defense for me. I, I think they're they're above average. I think they're a pretty good run defense. So uh, I, I'm I'm tempering the expectations. I think if you have Marlon Mack, you're you're starting him. I, I wouldn't tell anybody not to start him. I think you're being kind of trying to be not biased right now. The Steelers have allowed the fewest fantasy points to running backs over the last five weeks. Yeah, they're pretty stout on. In, so they're the better. Backs. They're better than above average. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying here, Stomp. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The Steelers are good against the run. And and I think that, you know, Mac but 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 Mac's gonna get the volume. He's gonna get the volume work. He's gonna catch passes out of the backfield occasionally in this game. I know they don't, you know, that they mix those other guys in there um in that capacity, but I do think he'll catch a few passes in this one too. Um so he has an opportunity. I, I think you're starting him. 
I just think you need to temper expectations a little bit against this run defense. Um, and then I also have James Conner and Jalen Samuels here uh, in in the in the yellow light range. Um, Connor, it has everything to do with the injury um, and and you know whether he's going to play and how much he's going to play and how effective he's going to be. I think we have to temper expectations a little bit. Um, I like the matchup if he was healthy, but I don't think I don't think he's fully healthy. So I'd temper expectations. And then Samuels. If he gets the start, if Connor sits and he gets the start, I like the volume that he's going to get because Benny Snell's out as well um, due to injury. So I, I like the volume. I just am not sure what to expect with him sitting out the last month with a knee injury, he had the knee surgery, and he's been out. So I don't, you know, you know, how long does it take him to get back into game shape and game flow and all that stuff. So uh, volume wise, I think he, again, he's just like Mac. I think he'll get the volume. I just don't know how productive he'll be with it. Um, and then Deontay Johnson is, is the other guy I have as a yellow light here. And you know, the, the more I think about this, the more I feel like maybe he should be in the green category. I mean, he's, he's been, he's been, one of Mason Rudolph's favorite targets in this offense. And he's really emerged as a wide receiver too on this team ahead of James Washington um, and <clears throat> Dante Moncrief. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling, I have him in a few spots and I've had him in, in my flex spots um, the last couple of weeks. And I felt pretty confident in him in that spot. So I think this is a game where he could get involved again too. Um, so, so I'm, I have him in the yellow light category, but I, I, the more I think about it, I think I would, I would be okay moving him even up into the green light category here in this one. Um, and then as far as red lights, James Washington's a red light, uh, until further notice for me. Um, I have to see something. I mean, he, he's getting maybe one deep shot a game and if he doesn't connect on it, it's going to be a bad week. Um, and then the the other indie wide receivers, I'm not real excited about any of them in this one. Uh, and the tight ends on both sides, I you know Vance McDonald um, is just not he he's not been good this year. One catch for five yards two weeks ago um, against the Chargers. I mean he's getting he's getting over the last three weeks he's got 50 yards receiving. So. Just it's just not good, not reliable, um, and I'm not confident in in playing him at all. Uh, and then same thing with the Colts; they've been a little bit better. Um, both of these defenses are kind of middle in the road defending the tight end position, uh, but I feel like the Steelers, at least, I know from from watching all the games that they've they've improved tremendously. I think a lot of the they struggled early in the year and they struggled all of last year covering the tight end. And it's an area where Devin Bush has grown a little bit. Mark Barron is making a difference in that defense covering the tight ends. So um, they are better than their statistics, I think, show um, in, in terms of covering the tight end position. So um, I just I don't really like the tight ends in this game. I'm not really expecting a whole lot. The only one I I haven't issue with and i don't know how much of an issue it is i just mac i mean the the steelers like i said have been fantastic especially over the last five weeks but they haven't given up a hundred yard runner this season 
They haven't given up a 20 point uh, fantasy game to a running back this season. I just, I don't, even if he does get the volume, I don't see how he's going to produce. And so I would move him as a red light. And he, in fact, he's one of my sits in my start sits article. Um, and then the other one, I mean, just, just a point of discussion. I, I James Washington is interesting. Um, with Rudolph, he has three games of five or more targets. Um, the only other game. And I believe he was injured in the Cincinnati game. If I'm, is that correct? I, I can't remember. He, he only had one, yeah, regardless what he had one target. Um, but he's had six targets each of the last two weeks. He did only catch one last week. He's just, he's interesting because he's getting, he's getting a relatively high target share. Um, all right. On to the Browns at Broncos. I, I see what John did here, setting these sheets up for us. <laughs> um, you actually got to start talk about a lot of good players here. I don't get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is going to be a pretty gross game in my in my mind. The only green light in this this game is Nick Chubb. You never sit Nick Chubb. He is, I mean, I I, I think we can say that he's become matchup proof at this point because even last week he had 131 yards on the ground against the New England Patriots, who before last week were one of the best in terms of uh, uh, fantasy uh, against running backs. So or just in the league against running backs. So Nick Chubb at this point is. Um, game or is is matchup proof so you need to start him every week he is one of the if not the best runners running rushing running backs in the game and you and i've had this discussion and i believe you've agreed with me mm-hmm. that he is a he's one of the best runners now saquon being one of the best overall or if not the best overall running backs in the game we don't need to have that argument um <laughs> yellow lights i would have put Lindsay, if it was only him or Freeman, if it was only him against Cleveland, but because they are basically splitting the touches and the snaps about 50, 50 at this point, they are both yellow lights. They obviously cap each other, but Cleveland has been poor against the run. They have given up the six most points to fantasy or to running backs, uh, over the last five weeks. Um, they did do a good job last week of containing Michelle and James White. Though Michelle did have 74 yards on the ground, James White did have 75 yards uh, through the air um, on, on four catches. But Chris Carson ran for 124. Matt Breda went for 114. Tevin Coleman went for 97 in that same game. Um, they have given up fantasy points. The, the Browns have given up fantasy points to running backs. And Lindsey right now is the RB12. Uh and Freeman being the RB24. So they have two top 24 running backs right now. Um, so that's why they are both startable, but they cap each other's ceilings, which is why they're yellow lights. So I think both you will be fine with having in as your RB2 or your flex this week against the Browns. Cortland Sutton, uh, effect, I mean, he, he was – Given the wide receiver one role after the Sanders trade, uh, basically Sanders made him, or uh, sorry, Sutton basically made Sanders expendable. Um, the Cleveland Browns, though, they have who uh, two two really good cornerbacks in um, Greedy Williams and I just forgot the other guy's name. 
Greedy is Williams. It, is it Ward? Uh, yeah, it's Denzel Ward. Uh, so Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward. Um, they have two decent safeties in Morgan Burnett, though maybe not because you 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 know Morgan Burnett a little bit <laughs> in yeah. Pittsburgh um, and Demarius Randall. But the uh, Browns have not been good against wide receivers this season. Um, and they've been prone to give up some big games. I mean, Edelman had a huge game last week with two touchdowns, 78 yards. Uh, three different Seahawks had double-digit fantasy points in week six. Um, week five wasn't great, and it's San Francisco, so, yeah, keep that in mind. But two, even two different Baltimore Ravens had double-digit fantasy points. So, well, they've been – okay i suppose they just have not been great and i think Cortland sutton is is fine he he kind of presents a matchup issue anyway because of his size and his speed and he is a wide receiver one but they do have brandon allen throwing the qb so we'll see what happens so that's why uh that's why Cortland sutton is a yellow light this week uh and i and and i i, I flip-flopped on this one i i put obj as a yellow light but the Broncos have given up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers in the last five games, the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. Uh, And we just saw that OBJ got shut down by new England. Um, The Broncos haven't given up uh, a 20 point uh, fantasy game since week three. They've only given up two 20 point fantasy games. Uh, They haven't, they haven't given up a 100 yard game since week one. The, the only big, quote-unquote, big games they've given up in the last few weeks is one to Tyreek Hill where he had a 74-yard, 74 yards and a touchdown and a long touchdown at that. Other than that, they had just don't give up fantasy points to wide receivers. So I'm hesitant on OBJ. I think he gets volume, which is why he is a yellow light. But if you have better options, I might be looking elsewhere because it's just not a good matchup for OBJ this week. So um, is this is this a Chris Harris shadow game or mm-hmm. okay yeah that's what I yeah I mean Chris Harris at this point is a shadow but you put and, and I'll talk about Landry here I mean they have Kareem Jackson who's in the who who's their nickel corner um, their their second um, cornerback Isaac Yadam has not been good by any means and but they've actually actually had several players playing at that cornerback two spot who've filled in pretty admirably and they can give help over the top which is nice because Chris Aaron can go one on one Kareem Jackson can go one on one from the slot which allows you to put a guy like Justin Simmons over the top um to bracket coverage uh with that second cornerback so i would be so frustrated if I was on the Denver Broncos defense with the way this offense is played, because all they needed, all they needed was a game manager type and they would have been fine. That's, that's, I mean, we're talking about 2015 levels here where they, I mean, they're not that dominant on defense, but they're, they're one of the best in the league. And all they need to score is like one more touchdown a game and stay on the field and they would be winning. But I mean, I ugh. that's a that's a diatribe for another another show. <laughs> um, my red lights. Uh, I, I mentioned Jarvis Landry. The Broncos have just have not given up fantasy points to slot wide receivers. I talked about Kareem Jackson covering the slot there. 
the only the highest scoring slot receiver they've uh, had this season was D.D. Westbrook in week four, where they gave up 66 yards on five receptions, and he got 11.6 points. Other than that, they've shut down slot wide receivers. T.Y. Hilton only had 7.4 fantasy points last week. Um, Adam Humphreys had 10.7 um, in week six, but they just don't give up fantasy points to wide to slot wide receivers. And Landry's a yellow or a red light for that. Uh, Noah Font, the I say Font, it's Noah Fant. Damn it, Aton. Um, <laughs> the Browns haven't been. Uh, they've been haven't been good against tight ends. They've given up two twenty uh, fantasy point games to tight ends, but Noah Fant is just so. He's a rookie tight end. He's got he's got stone hands right now. Um, he he presents matchup problems all over the place. I mean, he's been open. He just needs to catch the ball, and he's just not catching the ball. And all of the and, and it there's a, the other issue is that you have Brandon Allen throwing the ball. We don't know what the what this offense is going to be like with Brandon Allen. Of course, I don't think it can be any worse than it was with uh, Joe Flack over the past couple of weeks. So maybe it just doesn't matter. But with no fan. You just can't trust him right now. He's a rookie tight end. The matchup's not good enough to be like, yeah, you have to start him. So I'm sitting. No offense. Uh, speaking of Brandon Allen, Brandon Allen is a sit. Again, have no idea what this offense is going to look like with Brandon Allen. Um, so I, you you just can't trust Brandon Allen as a QB two this week, especially in Superflex. Uh, here, another one, Baker. I mean, it's it's the sophomore slump. If this, and and I know this is somewhat me taking a victory lap but you we couldn't have pre, i mean we i we could have predicted this a little bit i mean it happens constantly with sophomore qbs is they struggle when they get enough tape on them and baker has struggled we've seen him struggle with reads we've seen him struggle with some of his passes um so I mean, you can't be all that surprised here. And this is why we don't crown champions on paper. Uh, Baker Mayfield has struggled this season. Obviously, there's some issues with his offensive line. There's also some issues with the play calling. But he just has not been good this season. And he's made some extremely poor decisions. And that has led him to leading the league in interceptions. Maybe he doesn't lead the league right now, but he's got to be close. He's got double digit interceptions through eight games. So, I mean, it's not that surprising. Sorry, through seven games. So it's not that surprising. So this is something I, I think he's got a good career ahead of him, but I mean, we can't be surprised at this point. Sophomore running back struggle. That happens. Not everybody's Patrick goddamn Mahomes. Okay. <laughs> or Lamar Jackson. I had to take victory laps there. I love it. Um, so yeah, Baker, Baker's a sit this week. Uh, again, the, the Broncos pass defense has been one of the best in the league. They've allowed the third fewest fantasy points over the last five weeks. Uh, they have yet to give up a 20 point fantasy game this season over the last three weeks. They gave up 7.8 and 3.6 fantasy points to Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota. Matt Moore got 9.8. Patrick Mahomes only had 8. And then Jacoby Brissett only had 13.5 last week. And then Phillip Rivers only had 10.3 in week 5. So they just don't give up fantasy points to QBs. So Baker is a red light this week. You need to pivot to somebody else. Um, like somebody like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a fantastic start this week. I have, um, a, I have a question real quick. Did you, yeah. So did you just – you just said – I th I think I picked this up. You said Patrick Mahomes only had eight points against them. 
Yeah, but I mean, this is obviously when he dislocated his okay. uh, patel his uh, okay. knee. <laughs> I just, I just, I just wanted to make sure that we got that into. <laughs> oh, re relax. They they had a combined seventeen point eight points. Okay, <laughs> Jesus, he dislocated his goddamn knee in the first quarter. Whatever. I don't need. It was it was in the second quarter, but fine. All right. <laughs> he went ten for eleven. He had seventy six yards and a touchdown. Why? Why you got to be a jerk? I'm sorry. No, you're being I, a jerk. Somebody, somebody has to be right. Ugh, I'm expanding my horizons. Uh, too, too, too much, too much uh, outhouse in my life. Ugh, God, I hate, I hate you a lot. <laughs> um, you're not starting either of the uh, tight ends for the, the Browns. The the Broncos have been okay against tight ends, but the, I mean. Uh, Harris gets like two targets a game. If not, Seals Jones gets two targets. They're just not targeted enough to warrant starting. Fred Brown, who everybody goes, what? Who? Uh, had 60% of the snaps or something like that last week um, as the wide receiver two. 63% of the snaps last week as a wide receiver two. You're not starting him. Uh, Dejon Hamilton, I'm still not starting him, even though he should be getting more play. Um, and then Antonio Callaway as well, who which Richard Higgins should be playing over him, but. We won't be talking about that. So those are the, my red lights. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on most of these. I, I can't believe that. I mean, can you would you have ever imagined that you would be red lighting Baker Mayfield midway through the season this year? I mean, I, I mean, yes, I understand the, the argument that second year quarterbacks and sophomore slumps and that they have tape. But for as how for how highly we all pretty much had him valued, even if you didn't have him valued to the consensus you still probably had him, what, top six or seven? No? Really? Good for you, Stomp. I think I had him outside the top ten, actually. Wow. Good for you. I, I, I Well, I, I was part of the – I mean, I was a little lower than consensus, but I still had him, I think, around six six or seven. I think that's why I said that. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 wild right now. Um. Yeah, that that game. I think that game has the potential to be kind of an ugly game. I yeah, it's it's gonna. It, I mean, it's one fantastic defense, and then mm -hmm. one. So basically, the Broncos are going to dictate how this game goes because right. it's going to be the Broncos defense is going to be awesome and shut down the Browns, and then the Broncos offense is going to be so bad that they're not going to score. So it's right. going to be a pretty gross game. Yeah, thirteen um, to six or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's I, honestly. I could see the Broncos winning this just because of their defense and how bad the Browns offense has been this season. But I think Nick Chubb is kind of the one that pushes it over the top and wins it for the Browns. Yep. All right. On to the Packers at Chargers, Brian. Yeah. So this game, I think, is another uh, another one that could be a high scoring game. Um, so obviously, you're starting both of the quarterbacks in superflex leagues, um, Aaron Rodgers and and Philip Rivers. Decent matchups for both. Um, I'm I'm starting Aaron Jones every week at this point, uh, regardless of matchup, and he does have a decent matchup in this one. Um, so so I like Aaron Jones in this one. Um, Devontae Adams coming off of the toe injury for me is an automatic start. I, I'm not messing around uh, with that. I, I think you know if he's healthy enough to play and they clear. I mean they've been holding him out. At, and making sure he's 100% before they stick him back in there. So if he's good to go and he plays, I'm putting him in my lineup. Um, 
and then uh, I also have on on the other side. I have uh, Keenan Allen. Is I have him as a green light. I don't feel great about it just based on the way that the season goes, but or has gone. Uh, but I I do I do think I'm I'm starting him as well. Um, and then Hunter Henry, I really like in this game. I think he has an opportunity to to put up uh, some really big numbers in this one. Uh, Green Bay is pretty bad against the tight end. I think they're fifth worst in the league uh, as far as giving up fantasy points to the tight end position. So um, I, I like Hunter Henry in this one a lot. Um, yellow lights, I have uh, Jamal Williams. I, I do think that you could start both of these running backs if you had them, uh, you know, on the same roster, or or if you just have one of them, either one of them, I think you could. You know, we saw last week they are getting. It's it's pretty. It's a split. I mean, it's it's it, they're both getting work, and they're both per, you know producing with the work that they're getting. So I think you could start either one of these guys, um, and and feel pretty good about it. Um, I, I, you know, I'm. I subscribe to the Aaron Jones uh, newsletter bandwagon fan club, so I will I will put him in the uh, the green and Williams in the yellow, just because I think that Jones will outperform Williams. But I do think that they're both startable this week. Um, Alan Lazard is another one that I think I have as yellow light. He's been his targets have been increasing over the last couple of weeks, and the the other wide receivers in the offense their targets have been coming down. So. Um, I, I like him maybe if if you're looking for a guy as a flex to put in that's going to maybe score a touchdown. Um, now, if if Devontae Adams comes back, uh, we'll see. Uh, but, I, you know, in the red zone, I, I think he's earned some trust from Aaron Rodgers. So I I don't know. I I would possibly play him if I need him again at the flex position. <clears throat> um and then, so on the other side of things, I have Mike Williams as a yellow light. Um, not real confident in him overall, uh, but, you know, they're going to throw the ball a ton in this game. And Green Bay, <clears throat> for as good as they are against the run, they're not great against the pass. So um, I would probably um, play him, but not feel 100% great about it. Uh, and then the running backs too, Gordon and Eckler. I think they're playable. I just don't think against this defense that you can expect their normal numbers uh, that, that we're used to seeing from them. Um, so that's why I have those guys in the yellow uh, or the yellow light category. Um, and then the uh, red lights. I have Jimmy Graham, um, MVS, and uh, Geronimo Allison, all three of those pass catchers for the Packers. I'm just not, <clears throat> I mean, Graham is, I, I, if you have another option at this point at tight end, just sit his ass on the bench because he, he's not reliable whatsoever uh, on a week to week basis. And then, like I said, these other two wide receivers have seen their target share kind of go down in the last couple of weeks. Um, both of them, I think had one catch in, in the game uh, this, this past week weekend. So um not real confident in those guys right now. Uh, that's kind of where I stand on this game. Yeah, I I don't really have anything. I mean, you had to put Jones and Greenlight, didn't you? But <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think Adam or or I think Jones and Williams are both startable at this point. Both are heavily involved, both in the pass game and they run the balls. So. 
um, Jones, I think, gets like 60% of the um, touches to uh, Williams 40 or something like that. But, yeah, I, I don't disagree with much here. It'll be interesting to see what Melvin Gordon does because the Packers have been pretty bad against the run uh, this season. They've been better of late. But um, before the last couple of weeks, they were relatively poor against the run. Um, but Josh Jacobs did get get 124 yards on the ground in week seven. So uh, we'll see what this offense looks like, especially after um, what's-his-face was fired. Ken Wisenhunt, Wisenhunt was, right. was fired. We'll see how this offense looks, if Melvin Gordon gets more touches here or what. So. Um, yeah, don't disagree much here. Uh, it's kind of funny that Alan Lazard has become the pass catcher too that <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers relies on after um, MVS and Allison have just not been great this season. All right, final game and probably the most exciting game, at least for me in terms of my fa- my fantasy fandom, the Patriots at the Ravens. Um, Greenlight, Lamar Jackson. I know that the the um, the oh my god the Patriots have been fantastic against uh, quarterbacks this season. They've allowed the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks on the season, but it's Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson, even in his worst game, can put up nineteen point nine fantasy points. And the reason I know that is because Lamar, Lamar Jackson is my boo. Um, but he can he his worst game against Pittsburgh he threw for 161 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions and he still had 19.9 fantasy points. That's because he ran the ball for 70 yards. Lamar Jackson's floor is effectively 20 points and regardless of who he's playing, you can't stop that speed that he produces. I mean, we're talking about a 4-3-4-4 quarterback. Not many players, not many players in the NFL can run that, let alone quarterbacks. And it's just hard to stop. So while maybe he's not going to have a good game throwing the ball, I wouldn't be surprised to see him throw for throw for under 200 yards like he has two of the last three games. He's still going to run for 50-plus and maybe even 100 yards on the ground. And that's why he met what makes him viable week in and week out. That's what makes him the QB1 this season. So that's why Lamar Jackson is a green light this week and every week. This is another matchup proof game guy. He just, you're not going to be able to stop him because he can throw the ball as he's proven and he can run the ball. So that's why Lamar Jackson is a green light here. Uh, the only other green light in this game, Julian Edelman, the guy, I mean, the guy just produces every, every, every game, every year, Julian Edelman is near the top of wide receiver rankings. And it's because Tom Brady trusts him, and he's basically his top pass catcher. I mean, this season, Edelman is – and what am I looking at here? Going kind of crazy. Edelman's the wide receiver 11 in PPR. He has two games under – or two games single-digit fantasy points. He's got three of the last four games of over 20 fantasy points. And the – Ravens have not been fantastic against wide receivers this season. Um, they've given up on the season. They've given up the 12th most fantasy points. Um, 
luckily they slow the game down so they just don't give up a ton of fantasy points but uh slot wide receivers have been, had decent games against them i mean juju had 20.5 tyler lockett had 16.8 jarvis landry had 167 yards larry fitzgerald had 104 yards so where you're going to get your fantasy points or where you're going to beat the Ravens through the air is with the slot receiver. Guess what Julian Edelman is? A slot receiver. So he's not only the wide receiver one for the Patriots, he's a slot receiver. So he's a green light as well. Uh, yellow lights. Uh, Mark Ingram, we just saw Nick Chubb roll over new, the New England Patriots last game with 131 yards. Uh, Frank Gore had 109 yards. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had 70 yards on the ground uh, in week seven. So while they're not overly susceptible to the run, they are susceptible to the run. And the, the Ravens run the ball so much. Ingram gets so much volume that he's a yellow light. His, his ceiling is definitely capped because they are facing the Patriots, but volume makes him a okay start this week. Mark Andrews is also a good start this week. Obviously he is one of the better tight ends in the league. Um, and he is the number one target for, for Lamar Jackson. Uh, Mark Andrews is the tight end five and he has not been great of late. Uh, he's had a, he had a 5.9 fantasy week last week or in week seven, but he had eight targets that game. And his lowest target total in a week is seven. So you can basically expect that every week. Um, and this is another one of those volume things. Yes, the Patriots have given up the fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Mind you, they haven't faced a gauntlet here. I mean, the best tight end they've faced is, oh, my God. None of these tight ends are good. <laughs> Dawson Knox. <laughs> Demetrius Harris, I guess. I don't Jeez. know. Like he Demetrius Harris had his be, had the best game against New England, the New England Patriots last week. He had two catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. So they haven't faced a good tight end this season, let's be real. Mark Andrews is going to be the best they faced. Mark Andrews is going to get seven plus targets. He should be fine this week. Um and then uh James White is a is an okay start. Obviously, he gets decent target share every week. Um, I think Brady's an okay start this week. He's not putting up like monster numbers, but every, he's putting up 20 plus fantasy points every week. And he is the uh, QB 10 on the season. And like I said, I mean, he's had a couple 29 point fantasy games the last two weeks. He's at 16.5 and 21. The Ravens have been um, better or, or pretty good against uh, QBs of late. Um, they are allowing the, sorry, the 12th fewest fantasy points to QBs. They've allowed 18 fantasy points to Andy Dalton and Russell Wilson each of the last two weeks. Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges combined for uh, 16. Uh, Pat Mayfield, Baker Mayfield at 21.2. They did give up a stretch of 300-yard games there, but they've been better lately. Um so I would expect that Brady will probably get another 20-point game. So really, he probably – actually, let's just move him to green. We're moving to Brady to green now that I have talked myself into it. Brady's a green light. He's going to get you 20-plus fantasy point games. You're That's great, especially in one QB. But in super flex, if you get two QBs that can give you 20-plus fantasy point games, you're golden. Um, Dorsett uh, is another uh, yellow light. He – 
Sanu is there, but I think Dorsett is the wide receiver too there right now. Um, and like I said, the, the Ravens have just been okay, I suppose, against wide opposing wide receivers, middling against opposing wide receivers this season. Um, so I, I think Dorsett gets a touchdown. He gets five-plus targets. You're going to have an okay game. He's He doesn't have a high ceiling, but he's got a pretty good floor at this point. Muhammad Sanu as well. Um, he had a, a decent week one uh, with the with the Patriots. I mean, last week he had uh, five targets. He only caught two, but he had 20 for 23 yards. But five targets, especially in your first week with Tom Brady, is actually pretty fantastic. Um, so he – it's going to be hard to start him. But, I mean, if you're having issues with buy, it's not the worst start in the world. So if you need to start him as, like, your flex two or flex three, I'm not opposed to it. I would just be looking elsewhere if I could. So he's more of an orange light, I suppose. Um, red light for me. Um, and, and actually, I might change this. Uh, I'm going to add one more yellow light here. Um, Willie Sneed. And Sneed has not been awesome this season like he was to start last season. But he garners targets. I mean, he gets five targets a game uh, a, a significant portion of the time. Mind you, he only had one target uh, last week. And I don't know if that was because he was injured or what. Um, but he could be in for a decent game this week. The The one uh, pass catcher position that the um, Patriots give, give up to is the slot uh, slot receiver. And if that made sense, that made that, I feel like I had a stroke there a little bit. Um, <laughs> slot wide receivers catch passes against, and put up decent days against the Patriots. Cole Beasley had 14.5 fantasy points. Um, Juju had 13.8. And then we go down. I mean, Landry had 65 yards. He had 11.5 fantasy point game. Golden Tate had a a 22.2 fantasy point game. Um, So if there is a wide receiver that the Patriots will give up fantasy points to, it is to the slot receiver, and that's Willie Sneed. So, He's another, we'll call it orange light this week, but he could get five or more targets and he could have 50 plus yards and you, you have a decent flex play right there. Um, not starting Marquise Brown though. He's kind of, he, he's kind of a game breaker a little bit. Um, I just don't think that he's going to have a good game against the Patriots. The Patriots secondary has been the best in the league. Um, you're not starting Gus Edwards, uh, Despite volume, Gus Gus Edwards is just I I don't think you can really trust a backup running back against the New England Patriots. And then Sony Michelle is a is another uh red light for me. Yeah, he gets a ton of volume, but the Ravens have been good against the run this season. Um and they don't give and and, and because Sony Michelle is not really involved in the passing game, they just He's kind of he's going to give you like a seven point four point game. I mean, fantasy game. They don't give up a lot of yards. They did give up that one hundred sixty five yard game to Nick Chubb, but again, Nick Chubb is a um, is is matchup proof at this point. Everybody else is like the highest uh, yardage total was sixty five last week by Chris Carson. So they just don't give up fantasy or uh, a lot of yards on the ground. So Sony Michelle is a red light for me, and then Ben Watson. I mean, 
He's in week two with the Patriots, or I guess week two this season with the Patriots. I don't know how much you can really trust him. The Ravens have been good against tight ends as well. This game for sure is the most interesting one on this on the schedule this week, um, and it has AFC playoff inf- implications as well. Um, you know, big time. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see what Lamar Jackson does against a really good defense. You know, I think that's the big question um, this week for me uh, in 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 the fantasy world is just what what is Jackson going to do against a good defense? Because some of the defenses he's played have been okay. I mean, the Steelers defense we talked about earlier, especially rushing wise, you know, um, and and whatnot. But I don't. I, they some of the other schedule has been pretty nice. So now they get into the meat of it. He's going to play New England. He's going to play San Francisco, um, you know, in these next couple of weeks. So we're going to see how he does against those those defenses. I think he's going to shine. I'm with you. I think he's going to show that his floor is so high because of the rushing yards and because he's going to score touchdowns, either throwing the ball or or running with the ball. So, um, but I'm I'm really excited for this game uh, and and to see what Lamar can do. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I think a lot of people, I mean, even if he does perform poorly through the air, like my biggest thing, like he's already proven he can throw the ball. Um, we already know that the Patriots are very good against the pass, but Lamar Jackson just brings a whole new level to things where he can run for a hundred yards. And I, I think that's the biggest thing here is like, yeah, I mean, throw for 160 yards, but if you run for 100 yards, I'm fine. I don't really care. And guess what? I'm not a Ravens fan. I don't give a shit. I'm a Lamar Jackson <laughs> fantasy fan, and if he's giving me 20 points in and, and a ceiling of 45 points in week in, week out, I don't really care. Right. All right, so that's going to do it for us. That was the AFC, the start sits AFC home games uh, for week nine. Uh Follow uh, Brian at Brian Har FF on Twitter. Follow me at FF Stompy. Follow the show at Superflex Show. Subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to podcasts. You can subscribe at Superflex Show or the DLF family of podcasts. And that should be it. Um, well, I, I guess we could go over our schedule, but I did that on the last one, so I'm not going to do it. So um, for Brian, uh, I guess good night, good luck, and okay brian you're not you got to say stay sexy and super flexy brian stay sexy and super flexy there you go